0: to tonight's game between the Broncos and Niners. Here's Chad Andrus. Good Saturday night to you. Things wrapping up in Santa Clara here momentarily. They probably already have just a slight delay on the Nine News broadcast, at least on the stream in the studio. Awaiting the final play with three seconds left and the Niners lining up for a game-winning field goal. That is good. And the Broncos have fallen to 0-2 in this preseason, losing 21-20 to the San Francisco 49ers on a last-second field goal from Jake Moody. The Niners get the win, 21-20. Good evening. Back in the saddle, I missed preseason game number one. I was out of the country for a bit, but I am back now for... uh, what looks like to be 19 games with you this year. Boy, that sounds like a lot when you say it that way. Uh, at least it's not 20. But 19 games with uh, what we are about to start with tonight, a 90-minute post-game show for you through this preseason game. Next Saturday, the preseason finale at Empower Field against the Rams, and then when the regular season kicks off two weeks later, On Sunday, September the 10th against the Las Vegas Raiders. Dante Gomez is here on the board and will be chiming in throughout the course of the night. But this is uh, the one time where you are more than welcome on the phone lines and on the text line. Most of our shows on this station just take texts. And that's well and good if that's your preferred way of communication. 303-713-1043 on the RamosLaw.com text line. But we will also let you voice your opinion tonight. And we will do that throughout the season with the fan football postgame show after every single Broncos game. So you can call in. We can talk about this team, what you've seen so far in the preseason, what your expectations are. And uh, if you gained anything from tonight or last week and tonight, the combination of the two preseason games so far, I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't gained a lot. I'm going to reserve judgment until the regular season starts. I think it is critical for this football team to have a very hot start, not just 2-0 and with two home games against the dregs of the league in Las Vegas and Washington, but they probably need to win one of those road games too with Miami and Chicago in the first four before the schedule gets more difficult if we have any hopes of this team finishing above 500 and making any kind of a push for the postseason. So we've got plenty to get into um, in terms of that throughout the course of of the season. But tonight, I want to see what it is that you have noticed thus far, and particularly in this game, because there wasn't a lot from Russell Wilson, only 12 plays on the opening series that led to a field goal. And the rest of the starters in particular, that's what we need to focus on, Uh, other than Maybe some guys late in the game that definitely made an impact that are going to have a spot on this team. Notably, Elijah Garcia, who played very well once again in the postseason. And, of course, Julian McLaughlin, who I think at this point there is not any doubt he is going to be not only on the team, but he's going to play along with Javante Williams and Samaje Ryan And it's going to be interesting to see how this team uses him as an offensive weapon because it's pretty clear that... They don't have a lot of that. And yes, Sean Payton is an accomplished offensive coach in the NFL. And he knows how to make offenses work and put stress on defenses. But it still requires talent. And that is one of the places where I have the biggest question mark with this team is how much can Payton influence the offense, and turning it around when we have watched just absolutely brutal offensive football and boring offensive football for seven seasons now, how much can he turn that around with the talent that's on this roster? That's a big question that I have going forward, and I don't have an answer yet. I don't know when I will have an answer to that question. I think it's pretty clear that this team knows Javante Williams is – its biggest big play threat and its strongest offensive weapon. And his return tonight, he touched the ball on his first four plays in the game. And I think he's going to touch the ball a lot this season. And they're going to run the ball a lot with not just Jaunte, but Samaj J.P. Ryan and, as I said, Jaleel McLaughlin, in part because those are the biggest Explosive playmakers on their football team, but also because I don't know that they can do a whole lot in the passing game at this point. The combination of the offensive line and where it stands today, I don't know what it is going to be by midseason, but where it stands today and the absence of Tim Patrick for a second straight year, I can't say that I have a ton of confidence in the passing game at this point. And again, it's only the second preseason game. Things could change. They could change very, very quickly. We're a good three weeks away from the first regular season game. And one of the good news elements for the Broncos is from now on, they're not going to leave Denver for more than a month. So they're going to have plenty of time to be at the facility, get extra work in, study tape. They've got the Rams next Saturday to end the preseason. Then the first two games of the regular season are at home. They don't leave again until they go to Miami for that September 24th game against the Dolphins. So they're going to be here for a while. And I think that is going to be um, a big difference maker and can help them shore things up offensively. I at least hope it will help them shore things up offensively because clearly they are, they're not quite there yet. They are not quite there. So it is your chance to chime in on the post game. Again, Ramoslaw.com text line is three Oh three, seven one three, one Oh four three. That is also the same number that you can call in. And we do take phone calls on your fan football post game show in the preseason and throughout the regular season. What's that, Dante? Okay, there we go. Let's kick things off and get it started. Set the tone tonight with Butch. Butch, you're going to get us started on the fan football Post Game show. What What did you like? What did you dislike about preseason game number two? Well, like I told you, call screener, different
1: year, same problems. I, I, I like the fact that our offensive line looked better against what's probably going to be a better team in San Francisco, the starters, that is. I didn't like the hiring of Vance Joseph then. I don't like it now. I won't like it. To, I mean, didn't he suck bad enough the first time we had him? I mean, not not two, but three late drives in two games. And I know it's preseason, but a lot of times the problems that you've had over the, over the previous years rear their ugly head if you don't make changes. And obviously the offense since Peyton Manning has left has been the biggest problem. If I would have had to say this, a close second would have to be how we just never stop teams late in games. I mean, I swear to God, we could be up seven to three. We could have held the team that we're playing to forty yards, and they would march right down the field at the end of the game and and win ten, ten to th- ten to seven. I, I just I can't believe what I'm seeing out of this team, where it doesn't matter who we're playing. It's an automatic score. I mean, you, you could go to, what well, was a uh, Carolina Carolina, or it? Carolina game, I think it was, or, or I just more than I can even remember, where we have a lead and we can't hold it, and just bad teams find ways to lose it. It just seems to me like we might have an improved offense and a defense that's not as good, which is still going to leave
0: us maybe not even at eight wins if things don't change. Butch, I, I appreciate the sentiment, and thanks for getting us kicked well, yeah, off. I mean, covered. what do you, do you agree, disagree? Um, I'm going, to, I, I will respond. and um, I got you. Yep, yep. So, um, here's the We just issue. found another way to lose. Here's the issue with the late-game defense. As good as the defenses have been the last several years, um, one, I think there's a little bit, of a, an overhyped nature to that, because the offenses were so bad, that was the only right. thing that we could hang our hat on. So we we had to lean on defense and saying we have a great defense, and it it just kind of um it, it put more of that blame on the offense, right? It was it was the only positive people could look at for this team for so long, including back to the Super Bowl year. If you want to be honest about it, the other element of that is every opponent understood. That they don't have to do anything flashy or fancy on offense, and they're going to have a chance to win the game and likely will win the game as long as they don't turn the ball over. What that leads to is them not taking any chances throughout the course of the game unless they need to at the end to push the ball down the field and go create a game-winning drive. So whether that's in a preseason game with Trey Lance and 49ers backups, whether that's in Carolina or Tennessee, like you mentioned last year, in games that they probably should have won. the Jacksonville game is the one, not, not <clears throat> Carolina, I'm sorry. Sure, sure. But with, what, with what, it, what it has created is it has created a false sense of security that the Broncos are in close games and have a chance to win them when the reality is, yes, the scoreboard says that, but it it's in effect that way because the opponent is not doing anything other than the most vanilla of offensive play calling because they don't have to, and that is right. what is that is what has led to the defensive reputation becoming what it was. While the defenses were good, they weren't anything they weren't great. that was that was overly fantastic or dominant that could win you games. And that's been proven. It was proven with Fangio. It's being proven uh, uh, with Vance Joseph as a head coach. It, it may be proven out with him now as a defensive coordinator again. Offenses have not had to take any chances against this team.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I almost threw up when I heard we were bringing Vance back. I mean, what, what part of not wanted by Arizona did the Broncos not understand? Uh, I, I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this, and I mean, we're just snake bit. How many other teams? I'm sorry that there's an injury on the play. How many teams can get tackled at the one-inch line and not score a touchdown at the end? I mean, they, they just whatever we can do to not get a touchdown, I know we did get touchdown today. I, I mean, I like McLaughlin. I think he's – this happens to be someone else's last name. I don't know. But I, I like that addition. It looks like some added speed. I'm still not sold on the offensive line. But – that, you know, it's not just coaching on the defense, but I think you look over this defense player to player, who do you have on this team that other, and obviously, again, the the defense by default, if nothing else has has been our strong suit since our last Super Bowl win. But who do you, who do we have on this defense? And I brought this up on the show last year. and, And I predicted that our defense would be worse this year, because I think we overachieved last year where are the difference makers on the front seven? Tell me somebody that you have to game plan around on this front seven. I think our secondary is going to be pretty good, but I mean, there's, you know, Von Miller, walking through that door and with our injuries on offense, how many difference makers do we have on offense,
0: whether we won this game or not? Yeah. I appreciate the call, Butch. And, um, I agree. I think you're absolutely right in that regard, and that is a big question mark that I let off the show with, is I am most interested this season in seeing what Sean Payton does with the existing talent on the roster. The Tim Patrick injury a second year in a row is it is going to be very difficult to overcome. I think he was their most consistent weapon, their most consistent playmaker, or Had had the, the chance to be. It's hard to say that when he didn't play a year ago, but his talent and what he had shown previously, in my opinion, and several others, people like Mark Slareth, thought he had the chance to be their biggest, most significant weapon on offense, and now you're going to be without him for the second year in a row. So the question is, who do you have? I think it's very clear to me. I think it's very clear to the coaching staff. Javante Williams is their most explosive playmaker on offense. And he touched the ball on the first four plays he was in the game returning from his injury 10 months after tearing his ACL last year. The first four plays he touched the ball. And I think that is what this team is going to be this year offensively. It is going to be dictated by what Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan, and I will include Jaleel McLaughlin in that group, what they do from the running back position because they just do not have explosive dynamic playmakers on the outside and on the edge. I know Ryan Harris said it on the broadcast tonight for fantasy players to draft Greg Dulcich, and okay, I'll listen to that argument, but I don't think there's any evidence that shows he is going to definitely be a breakout star in any kind of way. I hope that's the case. I said it with Mark Slareth a couple weeks ago on the morning show that I expect him to lead the team in touchdowns this year because I think he'll be a big red zone target but we haven't seen that happen as of yet. So, yes, those are going to be some big questions. And if this team does improve offensively to the point where they're not scoring 15, 16, 17 points a game but can get 223, 24, however they may get there, then I think you are going to start to see a lot more questions about what has this defense really been over seven years and have they been truly challenged or have they just been playing a lot of vanilla offenses because the head coaches knew they didn't have to do anything special to come away with a win. And we've already got the Vance Joseph vitriol on the text line and on the phone lines. 983, it says, Vance Joseph bleeping sucks. Are you bleeping kidding me? 0538, Broncos D just overrated, cannot get off the field or make stops when they have to. VJ Stinks and other tech's coming in. It's only preseason, but hey, at least we have our midseason disappointments already running full speed. So a lot of people fired up with a loss on the last second of field goal, a 21-20 defeat at the hands of the 49ers. And the Broncos are now 0-2 under Sean Payton in the preseason era. Um, I don't think it's all bad. Butch was pretty fired up right off the start. And um, I think there are some bright spots and I'm going to reserve judgment until we get into the regular season because I don't put a lot of stock in the preseason. I think there are guys that can make a name for themselves and make a team and have a job and build a career. And I think someone like Jaleel McLaughlin and Elijah Garcia are on their way to doing that through two preseason games. But other than that, I don't know that I'm going to put a lot of stock into what this is going to look like against the Raiders or the Commanders the first two weeks of the season based on the first two preseason games tonight. So, um, Sean Payton is at the podium right now, so we will pick up what he has to say about preseason game number two.
2: Yeah, but it, they, it man, it happened super fast for him, so I don't know what time flights are leaving tonight. <laughs> Was, uh, play, well, we've kind of been seeing it if, if you've been paying attention to practice, and so we we got a chance to see it. Um, I wouldn't say anyone's surprised. Well, of course, on? Yeah, I thought he looked sharp. I thought he looked sharp. Uh, so exactly right. Yeah, I thought. Especially early on, you know, we we struggled later, but early on, I thought we did a good job. Um, you know, created two turnovers. We hit the quarterback a lot, and uh, that was good. Yeah, that, that gets, that's on us, coaches. You know, we had twelve guys out there, and it should never happen. But we're trying to make a substitution. Um, we'll get that cleaned up. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was one of the things we talked about, taking it away and protecting it. Mahar? Mahar? <laughs> it <laughs> I was pleased with Mahar tonight. <laughs> 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 any more? Any, any other questions? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm not... And I'm worried about my own team. I'm not worried about Trey Lance. You know. I don't enjoy when we can't get a, a simple end to half situation correctly officiating. So no, I don't I like being friendly with those guys. But man, then we get a substitution. We're trying to if you sub on offense the defense has a chance to make a substitution. There's a sub that takes place on the touchdown pass at the end of the game and um they are right at the line of scrimmage, you know. So it's preseason for the officials as well as it is for us. So focused on us, really. There's there's a number of things mechanically I didn't like that we'll clean up. But, um, yeah. We'll look at the tape, and I think, man, I thought inside we were pretty stout. You know, we... Uh, Look, we didn't defend the, the the boots very well early on. We didn't defend the receiver screens. Uh, we haven't stopped one of those yet. But I thought we defended some of the run that these guys present, and then forced a field goal with the first group. That was encouraging, and then uh, you know it wasn't until late in the game. So we'll look at some of that stuff. One last question. All right, All
0: right. Sean Payton at the podium. Uh... We will get into what he had to say. And was that a little dig at VJ there about the screens? Hmm. We will ask that question and get into what we liked, what we didn't like about preseason game number two, a 21 20 loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Joey has been holding onto the line. Joey, hang on. We're going to take a quick timeout. You will lead us off when we come back. Everybody else, jump on board. Ramoslaw.com. Text line is 303-713-1043. We also take phone calls on your fan football postgame show. Reacting to tonight's game between the Broncos and Niners, here's Chad Andrews. All right, let's rock and roll. Fan football postgame show. Preseason game number two version. 21-20 loss for the Broncos to the 49ers. React or overreact, whatever you feel like on this Saturday night. I'm not going to overreact too much. It is a preseason game. But I will tell you throughout the course of the program what I liked, what I did not like in this preseason event. And I invite you to do the same. On the text line, three zero three seven one three one zero four three, and also on the phone lines, we do take phone calls on your fan football postgame show, and I promise Joey would be up next with reaction for game number two. How are you doing tonight, Joey? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, Chad? I'm well, thank you. What did you, you know, like? What did you uh, not like?
3: Uh, biggest reaction, you know, I'm like Sean Payton. I'm not really worried about the preseason, honestly, like yourself. It's kinda of like training camp. You gotta use all of your you know, your plays, see how they work, let your players do what they do, you know, watch everything, see who's gonna be effective for your team, see what plays are gonna actually work. Sean Payton's brand new to the team. All five of the starting offensive linemen are brand new, actually gelling together. Yes, a couple of them have been with the Broncos, but all five of them are brand new together. So that's a very that's the key part of our offense—the offensive line. We got to be able to get that offense going. Sean Payton has a great offensive mind, but we need to see the offensive line gel. And tonight, opposed to last week, we saw the starting offensive line with Russell Wilson leading the leading the offense actually look good. Russell Wilson getting out of the pocket, him running the ball, him getting down. You know, after you know after a first down, he looked actually good in the first drive yes we ended with a field goal but russell wilson looked good one of the you know things i disliked is vance joseph like everybody's upset is what were we thinking bringing vance joseph back to denver i mean i'm kind of at that point right now but i'm very hopeful that he can change my mind he changed my mind at the end of the first drive yes they were running they're passing all over it everywhere whatever they want to do Brock Purdy was able to do. He ran it on us. He was throwing all over us. Then we got to the goal line. Looked like our same old Denver Broncos defense, getting gritty, stopping them, making them kick a field goal. So that was that was you know optimistic. But you know, is Vance Joseph going to be a good defensive coordinator, or are we going to have the thirty-first ring defense like the Arizona Cardinals?
0: I mean, they had two turnovers, and special teams got a turnover. Is that, does that account for anything in your mind? I mean that's it, it, that's supposed to be the calling card for Vance Joseph, right? The defense forces the ball away, something that Fangio's defenses as good as they were, not allowing yards or points, they never got the ball away from the other team.
3: That that definitely does. I did like the two turnovers and I really liked how they were rushing the passer, how the defensive ends out the outside linebackers were getting there, stopping the run. You know, they weren't, you know, they were not getting there every time, but you know, the quarterback wasn't able to get everything he wanted. And I like the pressure. I like the two turnovers. You know, I do like Vance Joseph's defense, but like I'm concerned. That's the only that's just like every Broncos fan out there. You know what I mean? We're just concerned with Vance Joseph coming back.
0: Yep, I appreciate the call, Joey. Thank you. And uh you're welcome anytime here on our fan football postgame show, as are all of you. 303-713-1043, your chance to react to preseason game number two, 21-20 loss to the 49ers. Chad Andrews with you. We're going to go all the way up until 11 o'clock, so we've got plenty of time here to break this down tonight. And a lot of reaction early about the defense because it's another late-blown lead and a loss, and people do not like to lose, whether it's preseason or not. And keep in mind, the guys on the field at the end of the game, probably are not going to be on the field when any game is in jeopardy in the regular season. I will say that. If you want to argue scheme or defensive play calling, whatever you want to argue with Joseph, that's a legit case, and a legit argument, and I understand there's plenty of concerns here. 8727 on the text line says, Joseph Fangio Hackett all had seasons where the defense could not hold leads. I'm so Darn tired of the sack now going on seven years. And the counter to that from five three five four is the defense was good in the first half. People are freaking out about, about the defense with players that won't make the 53-man roster. Um, I think that's mostly true. And I did like some of the pressure from Vance Joseph at key points of that first half. Remember, the 49ers only had three points at halftime. Now, Brock Purdy and the starters only played one series and got those three points. And that's what you'll be facing in the regular season is starting quarterbacks and starting wide receivers. So let's keep that in mind. But there were some good things in terms of bringing pressure, particularly in that first half, and particularly with Jonathan Cooper. The one sack that I think got credited to Randy Gregory off of the Cooper blitz, like he, I mean, he was shot out of a cannon off of the right side. And the ability for Cooper to rush the passer and Nick Benito again to show up on the edge. And I'm even going to throw in there two guys that are maybe getting noticed a little bit but certainly are never going to grab the headlines on this football team when you have Patrick Sertan in the secondary. I absolutely love the growth of Damari Mathis at corner, and you have to tip your cap to Sangbassi as well with a pick in each of the first two preseason games. The cornerback position is showing to be a position of strength for this team behind Pat Sertan or in addition to Pat Sertan. So there are definitely some things that are to like about the defensive performance, regardless of what you think happened at the end of the game once again to give away a lead. And I know Sean Payton is not going to be happy about that when he's trying to change a culture and he's trying to instill in that building that they have to find a way to win by any means necessary and losing is not acceptable. For it to happen in the fashion that it did two weeks in a row in the preseason, it's making his job really, really difficult to change a culture that has not been good for the better part of seven years. And the one thing that Peyton said when we pulled up that post game. Uh, He is a very direct guy, and I think he knows what he is saying. The interview where he kind of threw Nathaniel Hackett under the bus uh, as the exception, I think he would have liked to have that one back, but I think for the most part, Sean Payton knows what he's putting out there, and he said something to the effect of, we haven't stopped a screen pass yet. Is that a little bit of a shot at VJ? I almost think it is because when they haven't done it in practice and they didn't do it last week, I think it's been a point of focus and they're still not getting it. So I think that was a little bit of a jab there, and that's okay. I'm fine with the head coach doing that and sending the message to his defensive coordinator because if it was a point of focus and they didn't correct it, the way, say, the offensive line corrected some things to start the game tonight, that I'm okay with him doing that. I'm okay with him saying that. Russell Wilson only played a dozen plays and got a field goal for this team. He's at the podium
4: right now. I and mean, then i obviously scramble for some really big first downs and using my legs. I feel great, you know, um, and so uh, those guys did a great job. You know, protecting. It was good to see Mims out there make his first uh, catch too, as well on a key play, and just um, there's a lot of good things. You know, feel great about it, just where we are, and just all the hard work those guys have been putting in, all of us together, and it's coming together one day at a time. Are you making a
2: conscious decision to run more and keep the
4: defenses honest more? Uh, I just trust my reads. You know, just going through one, two, three, four, five. It's not there, or um, you know, if there's something there then I can, I can use my legs, and um, you know, it's, it's part of my game, obviously. Um, you know, and be able to get the ball out and, you know, throw the ball down the field and all that kind of stuff. But also, um, you know, it's, it's hard for the defense. They can't account for that part of it necessarily. So um, when all of our guys are doing a tremendous job in the lines, blocking the way they do, uh, it gives me a great chance to, to get some first downs and use my legs. after last year, probably the lowest
2: point of your career, how are you feeling mentally and physically at the beginning of this year? What's
4: your Yeah, I think Coach, Coach Payton has done a tremendous job of just bringing us all together and really, um, you know, getting us to compete at the highest level. I think also too, um, you know, for me personally, um, you know, you, you go through a, a journey, you know, and, uh, you go through, you know, I, w- I want to play 20 plus years, you know, so when you go through that, there's going to be some tough moments. There's going to be some highs, there's going to be some lows, a lot more highs than lows. Um, but I think knowing that, uh, to weather storms, knowing how to, uh, you know, take everything and understand that, um, you know, gratitude and, And love for this this game, it never changes it never wavers on your best days or your toughest days, knowing that the best days are ahead. And so I'm just grateful that uh, I got great people around me, you know, in in terms of teammates, uh, the coaching staff and Coach Payton and and the rest of the staff has done a tremendous job of of, uh, just teaching us every day. Um, My love for the game is, uh, um, you know, it never never wavers. You know, just the passion, the love for being out in between those white lines. I played a lot of football games, you know, I've been in a lot of moments and every time I step in between those white lines, um, you know, you feel like a kid all over again. So I'm just grateful. Yeah, it's a great defense, a great team, you know, great organization, the 49ers. They've done a lot of great things over the years. And, I mean, I've, if anybody's played them a lot, I have. Um, but, um, you know, I know how well they're coaching Coach Kyle Shanahan and their team. And they got great players, um, a lot of respect, you know, on, on, on both sides of it. And so, um, you know, I know, um, I, I know what a great defense that is. And they've done a lot of great things over the years and played in some of the biggest games. And so to go out with our first team. Uh, offense and and play well in battle and and do the things that we we're able to do, It was a great thing to do. and uh, it's, a, it's a it's a good measure of of um, where we can be and where we can go. And um, there's still a lot of more work to do, but um, I'm excited about who we are and where we're going. Yeah, Garrett Bowles is one of the best tackles in the game. He's able to um, you know he's so athletic, uh, I think the thing about him, um, you know, just obviously having that severe injury last year and then to come back, you know, um, that, 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 that first time stepping back on the field, um, it's always it's it's always a thing that, you you know, it's like taking that and understanding that this is a part of the process. And so he took that huge step like uh, again. This this week and this uh, really over the past couple weeks in practice and he's looking great. He's uh, he's that big left tackle over there that you know you trust and he he can do a lot of things over there. So um, and and also too he's a great teammate. You know Garrett's uh, he's a guy that that, that, uh, will do anything for you. He's a guy who battles. He's a guy who who wants to win at the highest level. Um, And so I'm really excited about the the five guys we have up front. Last one. Uh, we can we can do both of you. How about that? Make it easy. Go ahead. Well, I think the thing that um, everybody will talk about is obviously him scoring and making plays. But uh, that doesn't just happen overnight. Um, you know, it's one of those things that you work at it every day. He's a guy that comes in early, you know, uh, one of the first guys there every morning. He's a guy that sits in the front of the room. He takes notes every day. Um, he's a professional. Um, there's a certain process, you know, and um, there, there's really, you know, success leaves clues. And you know, a lot of the hard work that um, a guy gives and he, what he what he gives to, um, you know, the process, especially as a young player, and to really learn how to be a professional. I remember when I was a rookie, and I mean, just being able to have other people to look up to and watch and just uh, his understanding of how to take care of. Of his body, his mind, his soul, all of that, and then also to his game. Um, man, what a blessing to have a, such a young, um, you know, uh, player that who can really do a lot of special things. His kick return tonight, um, like you like you mentioned, his runs his catches. He, he can do it all. And so, but more more importantly, the best thing that I, I think that I that I see is his his work habits. You know, and when it comes to practice, he takes the the, the the play in practice. He runs ball to the right, runs to the left, and runs to the end zone every single time. That's his mentality, and that's that's where greatness comes. Last question, I think. So,
2: Russell, as a former young black quarterback yourself, what do you see when you see Trey Lance on the other side of the field and the adversity you going through? And do you have any kind of advice for him about making it in
4: this tough NFL? Well, the thing about Trey, you know, um, people have to understand that, I believe he's 22 years old. A um, guy who got drafted at 20 years old, um, weight in the world on his shoulders. And I think that um, the thing about it is he's a tremendous football player. He's got a lot of gifts. he's got a lot of talent. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn for his good. And um, I, I believe, um, you know, Trey is a guy that's, um, one, he's, he's, he's worked at his craft, you know, just watching him and just all the things he's done. But also, two, um, the best thing that Trey can do is ignore the noise. You know, there's only so many people in the world that get to play this position. There's only so many people in the world that get to step on, in between the white lines on a National Football League uh, field. And, and uh, he's one of them. And uh, he's a guy that's going to have a great career. Um, you just got to keep working at it and know that uh, there's going to be some tough days. There's going to be some great days. And uh, knowing that, if anybody knows, I know, but just knowing that, like, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you just trust the process. You trust the process. You enjoy the journey. And, um, and, and, and you have tunnel vision. You know, you, you put the blinders on, you just keep working. And there's always a breakthrough. So, um, you know, uh, I'm rooting for him. I think he's he's got a lot of talent, a lot of ability, a lot of years left.
0: Russell Wilson with some high praise for Garrett Bowles and Jaleel McLaughlin and some advice for Trey Lance. We'll get into Russ's light workload night tonight. And more of your reaction on the text line, 303-713-1043. And on the phone lines, Broncos lose to the 49ers 21-20 on a last-second field goal in preseason game number two. We'll continue and break down Russ's night next on the Fan Football Postgame. Oh, yeah. oh, we oh, have to do
4: tonight's to the to be Broncos and Niners. Here's Chad soft your roll and drift
0: away. Broncos fall 21-20 in Santa Clara to the 49ers on the last second field goal. They're 0-2 in the preseason under Sean Payton. He's frustrated that he can't figure out a way to win, and the defense can't get a stop when they need to at the end of games, but at the end of the day, it is the preseason. And the guys out there at the end of the game the last two weeks are not going to be the guys out there at the end of games in the regular season. Although... Frank Clark was playing in the fourth quarter of this game. Randy Gregory played through three quarters of this game. There's something to keep an eye on going forward. Frank Clark's $5.5 million is guaranteed, and he was playing in the fourth quarter of preseason game number two. Hey, shout-out to our guy Big O. Orlando's on 9 News with Tom Green doing the postgame tonight. I think he's got a little Burberry tie on, looking good, leaning mean, breaking it down. You'll be back on uh, Monday morning here from Orlando and the rest of the Players Club. Uh, we heard from Russell Wilson right before the break, and I will get into his night. I do want to remind you, you can get in. i got a lot of texts that I will read going up until 11 o'clock on the Ramoslaw.com text line 3037131043. We do take calls on the uh, Fan Football Post Game Show as well. So if you got something on your mind and you want to talk about it, Talk it out a little bit. You can chime in. Dante will pick up the phone. We will get you on the air here before 11 o'clock. Russ only plays the first series tonight. Three for six in the air, 24 yards. One of those was a easy drop by Javante Williams on the first play of the game. Maybe a little jitters coming back. And then Russ also three carries for 25 yards in this game. And I think those three carries are probably the biggest indicator and the main reason why it was only one series that led to a field goal. He did not play further when all week long we heard Wilson and the starters, they wanted to get 20 to 25 plays in, and he only got 12. And I think it was because of him carrying the ball the way he did on that first series that – The coaching staff said, okay, that's enough. We've got points on the board. We don't need him out there running around and getting hit in a preseason game, Uh, although he didn't really get hit on those three carries. So not a lot to see from Russ. We had texts throughout the game saying that he should have played more. We didn't see anything. We haven't learned anything. Others saying that Wilson looked mobile again which was good, but it looks like there was some planning of one or at most two reads and go, which at 34 years old isn't going to hold up for 17 games, and I will agree with that. And my concern is maybe his most impressive play in that short stint was the RPO where he took off to the left side and ran for the first down. And he did look okay. I'm not going to say he looked lightning quick or he looked fast. I mean, he looked mobile enough for an NFL quarterback to get around the edge. Here's my issue with that. If it's part of a package against a specific team, a specific defensive look, a specific personnel group that somebody has on the field that they can take advantage of it, it may maybe on a second down get around the edge and pick up three yards and pick up a first down and move the sticks, and that happens once every three or four games, okay, sure, that's fine with a 34-year-old quarterback. Have no problem with that. Make it part of your package. Make defenses think about it. They've shown them that now. If this is something they're going to attempt to run regularly throughout the course of the regular season, meaning multiple times a game, it's a huge red flag for me because it means they don't have a lot else to go to outside of getting the ball in a handoff or a short screen pass to Javante Williams or Samaji Pirine or Jaleel McLaughlin. Because whether it was Russ in his 12 plays or Jarrett Stidham, Stidham threw the one ball to Virgil right before the half. But other than that, with he and Danucci and Russ's short stint in there, There was nothing really down the field. And again, I get it. It's preseason. And you are not expected to show everything you got. It's not intended to be a fireworks show and an offensive explosion. But what I'm wondering is when we are going to see them push the ball down the field and how they're going to do it. Because that's my biggest concern. I don't care about what they do between the line of scrimmage and five or six yards. And I really don't care what happens on the deep, deep, deep balls that Russ was throwing up for grabs last year because they didn't really have a plan. And it was just like, okay, nothing's working. We're in trouble. Let's try this. That's not going to be the case this year. And Russell Wilson throws a good deep ball. The challenge that I see and where I'm still looking for answers is everything between eight yards, and 40 yards because that's where your money is made as an NFL quarterback, throwing balls behind the sticks, throwing guys open in traffic, and moving the ball down the field without it being a home run or without it being a quick dump off. And there just hasn't been any evidence of that yet. Not saying that there won't be, but there hasn't been any as of yet. And that's what I'm waiting to see. And without Tim Patrick available, again, I'm not making an excuse for this team. It's just a fact. Without Tim Patrick available, who is going to be the guy that becomes effective between 8 and 30 or 40 yards down the field? That's still a question that I'm waiting to be answered for this football team. And I don't know how they're going to answer it. Also, the 5774 chimes in saying, Wilson scrambling too much. He's going to get crunched in the regular season again, coming from Jason in Denver. And more people chiming in on the Vance Joseph train saying, yeah, turnovers, where were they on the last two drives when they needed them? It's a fair point. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Vance Joseph this year. This fan base has had nothing to cheer for and get excited about offensively since before this team won a Super Bowl, and that was a long time ago. So everything has been pinned on the defense because it's the only thing that anyone has looked to as having any kind of positive effect to give the Broncos a chance to win games. That is now the expectation. Regardless of whether the offense improves or how much it improves or not, there is an expectation to play great defense. And if that falls off significantly from what people have used to been seeing, Vance is going to take a lot of heat. There's still a lot of people that don't like Vance, don't want Vance here from his head coaching stint or other reasons. The A316 is coming to his defense on the text line saying anyone calling out Vance is simply a hater, he's not the issue. Fourth team defense is the issue. It's not an issue for the team though since very few will be on the final 53. What did you like? What did you not like? I will get into some of my likes and not likes as we continue on and we will also Breakdown, Javante Williams return tonight and hear from him after the game next on the Fan Football Post Game Show. Reacting to tonight's game between the Broncos and Niners, here's Chad Andrus. Broncos lose 21-20 in Santa Clara. Last second field goal beats them. They fall 0-2 in the preseason. Continuing to visit with you, your likes and your dislikes from preseason game number two i can tell you one thing I liked, Javante Williams making his return. Three carries, 12 yards, and four receptions on five targets for 18 yards. a little bit surprising that he touched the ball as much as he did. I thought it was only going to be four or five times total in the first couple of series, and he touched the ball in the first four plays he was in the game. They went to Javante Williams. And I think that is going to be a theme for this team. They're trying to see where he's at in his return. I think they're very confident in his health and being 100% ready to go full speed week one against the Raiders. And quite honestly, I think they're going to need him to be healthy because he is their most dynamic weapon on offense. Javante Williams after the loss tonight.
5: Yeah, um, it was really all about just getting the nerves off. Um, I just wanted to get tackled again. Well tackled, yeah, tackled again to see how I felt. Um, and that's the biggest hurdle that I feel like I had left with the whole recovery process, so um, just getting it out of the way was good. Was it was the thing involved right
1: away? You had that pass and
2: then just a
5: fourth he drops it but you want to get your ball right away? Um, I think so. I don't really know. He was just calling the plays, but um, it seemed like a lot of them was coming to, to me. Yeah, yeah,
2: why so many passes you think first is
5: running? Uh, I don't know, that's just how he
2: called it. How, how
5: did it feel when you finally got tacos and that mental hook that you had talked about a few weeks ago? Yeah, um, it was just like a weight just lifted off of me. It, um, I was thinking that it was going to hurt or something, but um, I really didn't even feel it. I just jumped right back up. Is there any reason you can't just keep moving forward since
2: then? How you feel right now? Or
5: Oh no, I feel I feel good to go. Um, like I said, it was good to just get that all the way in the preseason when it, when the games don't really count. But um, rather than having it come in the regular season, I'm not that nervous or anything like that. Well, the you, the the, 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 the yeah, um, he looked good, um, and that's a good thing about having rest when when he needs to. He can get it done with his feet. Are you 100?
1: percent
5: I feel 100. percent so. Yeah, um, I'm even more excited just seeing the way that we improved from uh, last week to this week, the O-line and everybody like that. Um, it just looks promising for us, and hopefully we can translate over to the next preseason game and to the regular season. What kind of emotions did you have this
2: week, kind of you back at how tough the rehab was and, hey, how you made making-
5: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of up and down, just being happy to be able to play again, but also just thinking um, that I got hurt last time I got tackled. So um, there was a lot of nerves going into it, but once I got it out of the way, I felt pretty good. Javante
0: Williams again um, returning tonight after knee surgery. Three carries, 12 yards, and... Four receptions on five targets for 18 yards. Uh, I think he looked good. He says he feels 100%, and I think this team is going to rely on him heavily as their most dynamic offensive weapon, especially without Tim Patrick again this year. P. Ryan had three carries for 22 yards, and Jaleel McLaughlin playing the second half, seven carries, 45 yards and a touchdown. He is going to make this team as the third running back and I think also provides something in the return game, although he did muff one of the kickoffs. He had another big kick return of, what, 44 yards set up when he went in for the touchdown. He had one rushing and one receiving tonight for McLaughlin. He's going to be on this team and provides a change of pace, and a versatility to not only run but also catch the ball. And I think the bulk of this offense is going to be Javante Williams, P. Ryan, and, yes, Jaleel McLaughlin as the primary weapons because I have yet to see it from anyone in the receiving core or any of the tight ends. I want to believe in Greg Dulcich. I really do. But, again, I, I need some evidence. I need to see it. I want to believe that Sean Payton can unlock Jerry Judy and tap into his talent, but we're going to have to see it happen. I have yet to see that. Cortland Sutton, I don't have as much faith in anymore. I hate to say that, but until I see it, I'm not going to have any level of confidence that they can be breakout players. I mean, let's be honest with it. Brandon Ayuk is a more reliable player than anyone Denver has in its receiving core. Does Brandon Ayuk wow you as a fan of the NFL on a team that has Debo Samuel and George Kittle ahead of him as options? Like he's at best at any given time a third receiving option for the 49ers or fourth. Cal McCaffrey, maybe fourth. Yeah, when Christian McCaffrey plays, he's definitely fourth. So when you look at the weapons on a team that has played in three out of the last four NFC championship games, and you look at a guy like Brandon Ayuk, and maybe you, you've you got the orange and blue glasses on. Maybe you say, I'm crazy, and you think I'm bashing Jerry Judy and Cortland Sun. It's not that at all. But Brandon Ayuk has been in the league three years, just like Jerry Judy. In every single year, he's had more catches than Jerry Judy. You can say he plays for Kyle Shanahan, and he plays on a better team, I'll give you that. And I'm not saying he's a more talented player. I don't think he is a more talented player. But he's proven to be more reliable than anybody Denver has had. And yes, circumstance plays a big part in that. Coaching, offensive coordinator, play caller, quarterback. I get all of that. So it's not in any way bashing Judy or Sutton. It's saying that a guy that is a fourth option in the receiving game for a good contending team has proven to provide more reliability and more production than the guys that are supposed to be our top options. That's got to change if this team is going to be successful. And that's why I think you saw Sean Payton go to Javante Williams and Throw him back into the fire immediately, trust the knee, and have him touch the ball the first four plays he was back in the game returning 10 months after a knee injury. He is going to be the linchpin of this offense. And yes, I know it's the NFL. It starts with the quarterback. It ends with the quarterback. I get all that. I'm talking about outside of Russ. Javante Williams is going to be the go-to guy. And they're going to use P. Ryan and they're going to use McLaughlin. And it's going to be a run-heavy team. Because as of yet, the combination of Russ and his receiving core haven't proven that they can be dynamic and be difference makers in any way. And I hope that changes. I hope it changes pretty soon because if it doesn't, they're not going to be very very good football team. On the text line, 4289 says, Not worried at all. O-line looked much better. Wilson Scramble for the first down was great. Don't think he would have made that first down last year. That's a good point. Dropping the 15 or whatever he did with his intermittent fasting that he told Kay Adams this week. Um, Jury is still out on the offensive line for me because McGlinchey's not out there. We can give him the benefit of the doubt. I like Miners, and I think Miners is a player Everything else is a question mark for me. And I was not at all a fan of the season Cushenberry had at center last year. And I'm going to need to see a lot of improvement from him in the middle of the offensive line. And Ben Powers did get pushed around and gave up leverage a couple times again tonight. So it is still a work in progress with that unit. And I don't know if we will know. Uh, Even after game one or game two, because those guys have to spend some time playing together all healthy to gel. I think the schedule gives them a little bit of a break to where they might be able to get by against the Raiders and the Commanders in the first two weeks of the season. But after that, it's go time for sure. Not that you can write off the first two games of the regular season, but it's going to be significantly more difficult After that. So you're looking at essentially um, a little over a month, what, six weeks to make sure that everyone there gets healthy and is in tip top shape and that offensive line is operating together as a unit and uh, they can do something with Russ in the pocket and not just running read options to get a first down. All right. We're going to get into uh, my likes and my not likes. Dante has a few coming up next as well as we continue up until 11 o'clock on your fan football postgame show. Reacting to tonight's game between the Broncos and Niners, here's Chad Andrus. 120 Broncos lose to the 49ers in Santa Clara. Chad Anderson, Dante Gomez will chime in as well here. Final segment of the year fan football post game show tonight. What do we like, what do we not like? Um I want to end this on a high note, Dante, despite the Broncos falling being 0 and 2. So we will save the likes here for a couple of minutes and start with the things that we did not like. Is there anything that uh, stood out to you that you really did not like tonight? Yeah, I think something that not a lot of people are mentioning
6: um, with the defense, but I mean Brock Purdy's making his you know playing his first football since he tore his UCL, and I thought he just looked way too comfortable out there. You, if you looked at him play, I think it would have been easy as a 49ers fan to go in a little nervous, like you know we had that magic with Purdy last year. Is it really going to translate again? He got you know injured. He hasn't played football in a while. And he went out there and played like it was nothing. It was like he, you know, straight from last season into this season.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're putting Mr. Irrelevant up against Mr. Unlimited, I, I think Mr. Irrelevant won the night, each playing the one series. Uh, I did not like the Broncos' first series on defense. Debo Samuel carved him up with two big plays early. Iuke was wide open. They went right down the field. And they made a stop and got a sack in the red zone to save that drive and hold them to a field goal. Um, Jonathan Cooper, actually, is one of the things that I really did like in this game, and he was a big reason why it was only three points on that opening drive with the 49ers starting offense on the field. But uh, I certainly did not like that first series on defense from Vance Joseph's group at all. They um, they were getting torched left and right, and Sean Payton, I don't know if this was a, a subtle jab or maybe even not so subtle. In his post game, he did say, We haven't stopped a screen pass yet, and... <laughs> Uh, I think it's clearly something that uh, they were focused on doing and did not execute it. So I'm sure there will um, be some tough film sessions regarding that first drive in the first-team defense. Anything else you didn't like?
6: Yeah, I thought there was still a little too many penalties. A couple holding calls on the receivers. Uh, I think there's a PI, offensive PI in there at some point. Um, there's the one um, false start on everybody but the center. Just some procedural stuff that I feel like you know, at this point in preseason, probably should be worked out. Um, So just a little, you know, lack of discipline. But I did like that Sean Payton was getting a little fired up on the sideline. I think that's something
0: that was missing last year, that he's going to hold these guys accountable for all that stuff. I do have a lot of stuff I liked, but again, I'm going to go through some not likes first, so we finish on a high note with the likes. A couple other things. The wide receiver effort tonight, I'm pretty disappointed with. Kendall Hinton had a few different penalties. Got called for holding. Obviously, Jalen Virgil getting hurt really stinks for him. Uh, the knee injury after the huge play—that's um, another thing I didn't like that they didn't—they uh, well, were not afforded that final second to try to score before the half, or didn't find a way to manage that final second. But the the big dislike there is Jalen Virgil going down. That is just absolutely awful for him. But I didn't really see anything out of the receiving group. I, I would have liked to see Marvin Mims get more targets in his debut. He had one catch for eight yards. So a little disappointed in the receiving effort, a little disappointed in Jared Stidham continuing to throw into coverage. And sometimes it just looks like he's throwing to the other colored jersey a lot. Um, I'm not real impressed with Jared Stidham so far. And then um, I I would have liked to see Russ play more than one series series. What this indicates to me is I think we are going to see him and starters again next week because of the simple fact that there is a two-week break between the third preseason game and the first regular season game. Um, I would have liked to see more tonight, but uh, unfortunately it was just the 12th place. Did you think it was a little odd that the rest of the offense's starters stayed for a drive or two after Russell was taken out? No, because... um, The only thing I thought that was odd was Javante Williams and as much action as he saw playing the entire first quarter and how many times they were trying to focus on him getting the ball when Russ was out of the game. That was the only thing that was a little odd about that. I would have liked to have seen the starters play the first quarter, including Russ. So most of them, I'm fine with that. A few other lighthearted things that uh, I wasn't crazy about. Um, I don't know why. This rubs me the wrong way, but it just looks weird to me when Brett Maher wears number sixteen. I don't think a kicker should be wearing sixteen; it just doesn't fit right. Um, somehow, I'm okay with Jonathan Cooper looking awesome wearing zero, but a kicker wearing sixteen just doesn't doesn't jive. Um, Steve Levy ab- absolutely. Steve Levy absolutely butchered Alberto's name, as I butcher his name. Uh, that was that was pretty bad. So. Um, Just a few of the other notes from the night that uh, I wasn't really crazy about. Also, the dual number in the NFL. We've got Devon Key. Is it Devon or Devin Key? In the secondary, Angelil McLaughlin, both wearing 38. Like, that's a college and high school thing, right? College thing, we got 115 guys on the roster. Can we do without the dual number? McLaughlin's going to make the team. If he wants 38... I think that's his. we got to find another number for Key as long as he's around. So. Speaking of, did you see uh, our old guy, Teddy Tugloves, rocking 50 today?
6: I did not see it, but I heard about it. Quarterback wearing 50. It was very odd. He looked a little more natural because he did have two gloves on, so it kind of makes him look like a real, uh, you know, a real football player. <laughs> but yeah, it was weird seeing him lined, you know, up in shock and wearing fifty. It seems like that should have been like
0: Jared Lorenzen or something back in the day wearing fifty. Um, all right, what did we like tonight? Uh, I loved that Javante Williams was back in action and got four immediate touches to start the game. That was absolutely awesome. I think he's well on his way to being one hundred percent. If not already there, he says he is there and I'm excited to see what he does this season. Uh, I love seeing the fullback dive back in this offense. I think uh, Elijah Garcia played an excellent game along with Jaleel McLaughlin, and I'm very happy for those guys because they are going to make this team and they're going to play. I really liked some of the pressure that VJ's defense put on in the first half in key moments, particularly Jonathan Cooper. He was really good in the first half of the game. Also like the defensive turnovers. And I really like the growth I've seen and what the Broncos have going on in addition to Patrick Sertan in the secondary because I think Damari Mathis is going to be a really good player. And I think Isang Bassi can be a solid contributor as well. Anything else you liked from tonight, Dante? Yeah, just a couple quick things. I like Javante Williams getting out there,
6: getting some touches. I thought it was good to get him out Um Early, just so, you know, get him comfortable. Like he said, you know, it was nice to get tackled again. Um Also, I mean, Nick Benito, they had to say his name. That didn't really happen a lot last year in games. You can know he was kind of uh, just kind of an invisible player out there. So it was good to see him kind of uh, make a couple plays out there. And then I liked Randy Gregory getting out there. Um He played it, you know, into the third quarter, which I thought was interesting. But I thought it was good to, you know, get him up into shape. So that kind of stuff. And then just kind of overarching theme. I like just... I feel like they took the game seriously, and I feel like that was not the case as much last preseason. So I did like the – they just had a competitive spirit about them that I did. You know,
0: It seemed like they wanted to win. I don't like that we have another preseason game and then two weeks after that before we get to the regular season. But what are you going to do? That's the way the NFL wants it. That's the way it's going to be. I think we will see starters play again in the first quarter at least against the Rams next week at home. If it's anything like tonight down there, uh, be careful, because the Ed Sheeran concert at Empower Field tonight had a lightning delay, and I think they might still be in it. So uh, anyone that was out there tonight, if it's a similar night next Saturday, we might be in for a long, long evening when they take on Stan Kroenke's L.A. Rams had in power field at Mile High. Uh, I will be back after that game next Saturday night, and we will have an idea what this roster is going to shape up like and what the Broncos are going to look like heading in to the 2023 season. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Fan Football Post game.